Um, welcome to the Rose Colored Glasses podcast, where we help you to prevent unhealthy relationships by teaching you to know your worth. I'm Brittany Tabaris. Hi, I'm Lindsay. And this week, we're going to talk about how uh, how dating is with different identities. Um, the identities uh, that are different are, um, or the definition of it, as, as we use it now, an identity refers to either A, a social category defined by membership rules and alleged characteristics, attributes, and um, expected behaviors, or it could be socially distinguishing features that a person takes a special pride in or views as unchangeable, but socially consequential. Uh, a lot of different identities can be um, included as race, gender, age, sexual orientation, and disabilities, such as a um, person um, that is non-binary and or transgender, biracial, mm -hmm. and those who have like mental instability or mental disabilities and or um, emotional and mental um, disabilities that are included to like autism and or um, like depression, anxiety, borderline personality disorder. Mm -hmm. um, intersexuality is interconnected nature of social category, category, categories <laughs> as, go. sorry, um, such as race, class, and gender as they apply to given individual or group regarding um, as a creative overlapping and independent systems of discrimination or disadvantages. Um, with, uh, I personally identify um, with a race and sexual orientation and a mental disability. Um, I personally have borderline personality disorder, which does interfere with a lot of relationships. Um, that's basically what it's based off of is interpersonal relationships and how unhealthy they are um, and my sexual orientation is I'm a pansexual and I am biracial. I'm half Colombian and I'm half white. Thanks for sharing so yeah. much. That's so amazing, Brittany. Thank you. Um, I think like the main thing I think that I wanted to, or that we could get across is like how different identity is kind of thought of like now as a couple of like decades ago, like it's much more of this, like how you perceive your, yourself and how like others perceive you. Um, and then like what you were talking about, like just with your experience, like in your relationship, like it, I feel like if you're not secure in your identity and like knowing who you are, then it just becomes really tricky. Um, and like almost just kind of bad if uh, you get into a relationship without this. Yes. knowing those things especially I was undiagnosed um, with borderline personality disorder since uh, I was 16 so with an undiagnosis of especially with mental disabilities it can harm a lot of relationships not only with like boyfriends and girlfriends it could also like mess with professional relationships or even friendships and it's very hard especially in you have to get the help that you need to identify like not just your own um, issues and problems and how you need to communicate, but also to help other people know how like you communicate. Right. No, exactly. And I think that's, I was like really shocked by 
like a couple of the articles that I found and how like open and like this advice that they were giving people um, about like how to deal, not even deal, but how to like relay and just communicate like your different identities and, and stuff like that. And one of the, um, one of the articles that we're gonna talk about is um, this prevention article about um, five interracial couples sharing advice on being um, in an interracial relationship. And kind of what Brittany was talking about before, like, yes, they're all interracial couples, but they also have like different identities. Like many of their relationships were queer or um, with like transgender couples. And so like, they talk about navigating race with their partners as well as like other stuff um and it was just super enlightening and I think it's really useful for this podcast and this conversation um so one of their first tips that they um one couple gave was you need to establish respect with your partner before you even start dating um in this one couple they um it was between a black woman and a white man and they just like through Tinder just kind of opened up um, like Black Lives Matter discussion. And like from that moment, they were either, like they were able to see that um, if there was a place of mutual respect, trust and understanding. Um, and then they can see if a relationship would follow, which I think is pretty critical. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I completely agree. Um, recently, actually with that, with respect to like your partners and stuff, if you actually start to be honest with the partner or a person that you're interested in, it can set a lot of things in motion. Like you can't just like continue to lie and run away from the situations or things when you know you need to be honest and straightforward because you're not only being honest to them, you're being honest to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's, that's really good advice too. And that's what one of their other points I'll jump down. It's like the fifth one is like, the importance of being honest with yourself and with your partner like and and honest and like what you know about yourself and what you don't know about your your partner's situation or their experience like you need to recognize that um and like be open to hearing them and to hearing and like bettering yourself um and so like being open to new challenges experiences and perspectives i think is really huge um and then I think another really important um, point that another couple pointed out was that every critique is not an attack. So be prepared to learn. Um, so like research, educating yourself is like super valuable, but like research will never be as authentic or nuanced as someone's lived experience. And so like you just need to make sure that you and your partner are both open and willing to listen to one another even about like tough subjects or like things that you just have no idea. Yeah, and especially number two, um, I personally, um, anytime I get a critique on anyone, um, a good like my ex-boyfriend could say this about me, even my friends, like with borderline personality disorder, someone could say one little thing or their mood, the way they didn't text you back is not the same. And you automatically jump to conclusions and you're like, oh, did I do something wrong? Did did this or like they say oh I don't like the way that like you like sit or something so you like try to like change everything about yourself just to fit that one category mm -hmm. and sometimes critiquing um does feel like attacking but you got to understand that they're trying to 
help you and help the relationship and it's just like you have to like take in self-criticism sometimes because like you're not perfect and even if you aren't like as perfect um that's okay too yeah there were two other points that were like specific to these couples in the article but I think they're really important to be shared um and so there was one that um was it was a um, queer like trans couple um, and their partner's family was like very transphobic and very not welcoming of them and so they had to learn to protect their partner by addressing the racism and transism or transphobia like with their parents directly like they had to be able to assert like and address that privately um, or to do it publicly because if they did it more privately and more kind of like, hey, please don't say that, like it wouldn't have gone across with their family, which I think um, is like really hard to do because there's all kinds of like respect and like, I mean, you don't know these people, but um, I feel like that is something that you need to be prepared to do um, to stand up for your partner, even against your own family or like their family. Yeah, and then it makes your partner also feel um, they, like, oh, like, they're not going to stand for people, like, coming after me. And, like, that's a lot. I know a lot of interracial couples where that is a situation and that has happened. I know um, one interracial couple that got married and her parents totally disowned her. Mm-hmm. But then finally, like, years later, they finally, like, let it go. And she still has to correct them till this day after being married for five years yeah but it I think in the future it's it's going to go away eventually hopefully I pray that it goes away because I can't stand it um but sticking up for your partner shows them that you love them and that you care for them yeah and they're not alone exactly And that's like another huge thing of this article. And I think with the next one we talk about um, with dating someone with a disability is like, you need to make sure that your partner and you like see you as in your humanity. Like you are a full, you're just a regular human. And if you, if your partner doesn't have that and isn't willing to like be there for you, then we don't want them. We don't need them. Um, And then this last tip um, was about, um, an Asian American woman and a American, an American man. Um, and she was like, kind of hesitant to date her partner because, um, she was worried that like, since he had dated only East Asian women, that he was like fetishizing Asian American women. And so this was something that I think is applicable to other interracial um, relationships. And one quote that they said, if like, if someone is fixating on one aspect of your identity, you're probably being racially fetishized. Um, And to have a healthy interracial, interracial relationship, your dating preferences should be, should not be supported by self-hate or fetishism. So seeing your partner has to see you as a human in your all in all of your humanity in order for you and like yourself to like feel loved and respected yeah and I totally agree with that um we're all human and we all have our like 
issues and our problems and you know having someone there for you regardless if it's a friend or a relationship and boyfriend or girlfriend and her however you um see your interpersonal relationships like just being told and like acknowledging that you are a human being um just shows a lot of love and compassion exactly and that's what you need from any partner and then especially if you have different identities or a different experience um and then so going on with another um aspect of identity I think we were going to try to have this episode out in October when it was um National Disability Employment Awareness Month but it's okay we're here and we're talking about it um so this one was an article um things to know before dating someone with a disability I know like just through TikTok, like it's kind of been relayed to me, like how ableist, like my world is like around me and just like everything that I do. Um, so you're like, you've, you have so much experience with this stuff. It's just like crazy, but it's, it's really valuable. Yes. <laughs> this article was really interesting and I, I really enjoyed all the advice. Um, so one of the first things that, um, this is, this article was written by a disabled author and she said, the first thing is to treat us normally and like, don't be weird about our disability. Like if they tell you I have so-and-so, um, avoid phrases like I'm sorry, or that must be so hard when, when they say that to you, because it just implies that you like assume that their life is horrible and that, and like, what are they supposed to say with that? You know? (laughs) Yeah. I get that a lot. Um, especially when I tell people that my older brother, um, has all as autism and they are like oh my gosh like they just like start asking so many questions and it's just like well he he's still normal he only talks to certain people it's just like always having to answer questions about like his identity and it's sometimes it's hard to even like try to talk to someone and then they're like oh okay well that's that and then like move on from it it's just like well why do you want to know exactly he just has autism like let it go yeah like there's there's a way to respectfully ask questions and like to be engaged but when people just kind of like they're not totally interested or like invested in you or your brother and it's just obvious so like the way that they don't actually care you know and it's just it's not respectful and you certainly don't want that from a partner. <laughs> so um, the next point that, um, which I thought was also really important behind, like it was literally her second point is to realize um, your own and own your um, able-bodied privilege and show active engagement in the disability rights and awareness. Um, and so that's just, again, kind of going back to the interracial um, article like yes there's only so much that research and stuff can tell you so you need to like listen and be open to the person's experiences but like you have to have an open mind and you have to be ready and like willing to to recognize that y'all are different <laughs> <clears throat> yeah I agree and then this one like her point was fighting ableism or dating doesn't get you a cookie or like raising 
you know, raising awareness for disabilities without actually caring about the person or um, like being a support outlet for them. Like, it's not fair. It's not like, it's not a good, decent thing to do. Um, you should, she quotes, you should care about us because it's a part of being a decent human being. Um, so I thought that was like pretty yeah. fun too. <laughs> I mean, if you could get a cookie for dating anyone, then you should get a cookie for dating someone based on just who they are, not exactly. because of a whatever. Like yeah, anything about them. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's just like you're looking for a trophy and you're looking to be recognized instead of wanting to be with a person, which is really gross, very crazy. Um this was another point, um, intimacy and sex life is just as normal. Um, they, this person said, we may have our boundaries of what we want or do not want and can and cannot do, but this is normal in any relationship. Um, so I thought that was, I feel like there is such a stigma um, around like intimacy and just like kind of activity in general or like stuff that you can do with a disabled person that makes it seem like you're not going to be able to do anything which is what they were like that's not true and um it just takes away like their narrative and like they're like they are just human beings they want to do things just like everyone else yeah exactly and they are and um i guess in a way for like my brother um he's with his autism he can't do a lot of things and but we allow um him to do as much as possible to make him feel like he is not in a box like you watch some videos about um growing up with um people in your life with autism a lot of people try their very hardest to control every aspect of their life mm -hmm. and um their mother uh, did that with them all the time because we have the same dad, but a different mom. Mm -hmm. And their mother tried to control everything, um, especially in his life. But once my sister um, became like his legal guardian, his he became so much more sociable. He became so much more happy with his own life because he wasn't fit into a box. Exactly. And and, you know, I think a box. Yeah, that goes into um, another one of her points of um, trust us to tell you what's good for us and what we need, like what the person themselves need, like, because um, they know what's best for themselves, like, especially like, and at this age, for most people, like we know who we are. Um, and especially like with a disabled person, like they know their limits, they know what they can and can't do. Um, and like, yes, you probably want, you also think like you want what's best for them, but like you need to listen to them. Yeah. That's so important just to listen. Yeah. And then her last point is, um, so like with that, they do know what's best for them. Um, and they're not asking for, to never have help because they will need help. Um, and as their partner, like you should be prepared to help. Um, but it's just some things may look different or involve more planning with like whatever y'all are going to do together. Um, but you won't give up everything by being with a disabled person. 
Um, she quotes, even if we can't or don't want to do everything with you, which is completely healthy, which like is totally normal in um, able-bodied relationships, we won't ask you to stop doing things you love to do. Yeah, that's really important. And just, just be there for them, be there for anyone, be a decent human being and don't look for cookies. Don't look for cookies. Yes, and just listen and talk with them, communicate. Communication, we cannot stress this enough. Communication is the biggest, biggest thing in all relationships. Uh, I definitely agree. Exactly. So uh, do a quick recap. We talked about um, all the different identities, the definition of identities and dating with different identities. And just um, also about like resources and also just to know like if you need help, we, um, there are people that are out there to help. And uh, thank you for listening. And don't forget uh, to check out all of our Instagram and TikTok accounts at rosecoloredglasses underscore CU. Bye, guys. Bye. Mm-hmm.